in in pain you can uh, still of course uh, when it's uh, pathological um pain it's 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 hard but still um to reframe pain is one of the for example the main um missions of all the pain science educators right now they say well pain is not um an indicator of not an, an, an perfect indicator of tissue damage, but what pain is, is a protective um, um, mechanism. So you can, you can reframe a little bit, of course, the pain for, as you said, as a feedback. And then you have to uh, think about the feedback and why your body is producing pain right now. Hi, and welcome or welcome back to the Mindset and Performance Podcast. I'm Dries, a mindset and performance coach. I help athletes and young professionals with their career development. We work on a wide range of areas from training to nutrition, but focus essentially on the mindset as it is the key to everything else. The whole idea behind this podcast is to deconstruct the habits that led people to their success, to learn from their experience and understand the psychology behind their actions and behavior, and of course, to know what kind of mindsets they have. Welcome to this week's conversation with Patrick Prelovsky, and I hope I'm pronouncing it well again. Um, Patrick is a qualified sports scientist through the German Sports University of Cologne. He has been involved in the research and application of fields like pain, neuro and movement science. Patrick is also a sports scientist at ForTheAthlete.com and I will put a link of this one later on, which is a multi-purpose platform that provides a team of experts for professional action sports athletes who would like to improve upon themselves. It also provides education and research for both athletes and athletic trainers, physiotherapists who are looking at developing their skills, and with Out of the Box, which is the same thing as for the athlete.com, no confusion there, he teamed up with physiotherapists, nutritionists, and psychologists to support primarily uh, those action sports athletes. Action sports as in mountain biking, and snowboarding and, and stuff uh, sports like that uh, he, he has a passion for for this kind of sport that's why he created something where he can join passion and business at the same time it's also they also work with wakeboarders and uh, trail runners and he also work as a lecturer and consultant for several educational institutions. So during this conversation, we will talk about his beginnings as well as his philosophy and approach to his work. We will break down his approach as if you were a client coming to sign up for him and how we can use it. So if you are one of the athletes, one of the athletes in the audience here, uh, I highly recommend you to listen to this because I'm sure not only you will learn from his experience, but you're probably going to sign up for one of his um, uh, consultation sessions. So Patrick is prepared in a variety of strength and conditioning topics, but he, but he specializes in integrated sensory motor training as they relate to programming and individualizing sport-specific exercises. So enjoy the podcast, and if you have any questions, please reach out to both me and Patrick. Patrick, how do I pronounce your family name? Because that was hard for me to spell. All right, it's um, Prailovsky. Prailovsky, okay. Yeah, that sounds perfect. And how do you introduce yourself normally to people? Um, I would just say I'm a sports scientist. That's the easiest way. Yeah. 
Okay. Very short, very brief. What does it really involve? Um, so sports scientists, for me, when I hear it, I, I hear somebody that uh, using and involving science to improve mm -hmm. somebody's uh, sports capability and capacities uh, in terms of performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say uh, this is the main um, picture a lot of people have. And um, I have to say, when you study sports science, you don't become... A hundred percent a scientist, I would say. Mainly, when you do the um, um, the sports and studies, you can you can go into the the role of being a coach or a trainer as well. So you don't have to go into the research. Um, but yeah, the first um, thing which comes to mind is mainly um, movement science and the science about training. But sports science is a big field and, and a very integrated very wide, right? Yeah, a lot of um, people who are going into the psychology part and a lot of people going into neuroscience. And so there's a lot of people who are digging deep. But I would say as a sports scientist, you try to um, to look over the whole field of possibilities and um, not to dig deep uh, or too deep to see the other pictures. I, I hope that makes sense. So you have neuroscientists, um, bio, biomechanics is a very important part, but I would say that as a sports scientist, we are the guys who are looking out for all the holes and um, try to um, put them together. Put them together as in yeah. as in preventing issues or as in improving in performance or yeah um, yeah I, yeah they are yeah these are the main fields I would say as well like we call them injury prevention but it's more like injury reduction and uh, rehabilitation but um, what I wanted um, to say is more like uh, we try to have an overview of all the fields of science which are um connected to the human body kind of like mm -hmm. you have not much nutrition in our um field i would say like i didn't i think we have one semester about nutrition uh that's that's not much but still we um get um some information from all the fields but we are not really um specialist in one field after you're studying you can maybe become a specialist in some area but mainly we are more of a, I don't know the English uh, word for it, but we call it Eierlegende um, Milchsau. That's a guy who can do everything but not very good. You know what I, I mean? I see, like general but not necessarily specific into something. Yeah, exactly. I would say this is the main goal, but um, when you're going directly into research, of course, you're going into one field or you're just doing your PhD. Of course, you are getting a specialist in in one approach in one field. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. so, which which area on those areas that you listed are you specialized on? What are you as a sports scientist? Yeah, I I would say um, I worked with a bunch of people who pushed me slightly into one direction. So it depended a lot of um, it depended on the people who came to me and approached me. And it started with um, very ambitious, or even some of them were professional um, action sports athletes. So it's not very the, not the classical Olympic uh, sports or the team sports, 
I was always interested for myself into mountain biking and nature and nature sports and stuff like this. And um, these guys approached me as well. So the injuries and the problems they had, they um, formed my expertise, or I would say just the interest in um, specific injuries. So it was mainly knee injuries and shoulder injuries, but I would say that my main focus is on knee injuries, not as um, physiotherapists would approach the problem, but as um, secondary and um, yeah, I, w I would call it secondary rehabilitation. So in Germany, I don't know if it's um, everywhere the same, but when you got injured, you go to the physiotherapist or the, the doctor first, and then hopefully you will get some um, physiotherapy, but it's not very um, long. You just have a few uh, sessions, and after this, you have to do it on your own, or you are looking for a trainer who will support you. Do you speak so, in here specifically about athletes or anybody that got injured? Um, mainly everybody. But um, for me, it it was very, or let's say it was very um, quick that I understood that I can very um, I, I can open up myself more to people who are um, intrinsically motivated. I would say, <laughs> so um, this is the main um, yeah clientele I have. I they see. know what they want to do. They know where the goals are, but they have problems to go there. So. Yeah, are these guys mainly athletes? Or, or um, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So or they have an athletic uh, goal, let's say. Then, when they don't um, make money out of the the sports, because when I tell you that, for example, wakeboarding or free skiing is not very supported or not as supported as soccer, of course, um, there's not too much money involved, but. Still, they are very ambitious to um, keep going, to make movies and um, all these kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, they have, a let's say, an athletic goal. I see. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. would people come to you when they have an issue or would they have a goal? Let's say they have a problem on their knee, for example, or when they yeah. have a goal. Okay, so everything is okay, but I have this ambition and it has been a little bit difficult maybe to reach it. Can you help mm -hmm. me with it? Um I, I would say I have a mix of both and I see as more um, as a spectrum of having, um, for example, pain or an injury and performance. For me, it's not really uh, the same thing, not the same approach, but it's on a spectrum. And I would say that um, you can you can say that um, people who are, yeah, I don't know how to... Um, put it into a summary, but mainly um, they are out of rehabilitation. They have a goal, but they know they are not at 100% because of their past injury. And this would be, uh, yeah, the main clientele I work with. So it's not really the last 5% to be even better. So uh, not... Yeah, not this kind of um, okay. approach. Yeah, makes mm -hmm. sense. So, if you don't mind, could we go a little bit backward to to what made you choose this field in the first place? Um, oh yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> to to how long? How far should we go? Are we going all the way to childhood, or are we going to just when you had to make choices when you were seventeen and eighteen, which university we should do? Or you can you can choose where you want to go back. Yeah. Actually. Mm. 
Yeah, I would say, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it started somewhere in the childhood, but um, knowing what you want to do in life, I think it came a little bit later. <laughs> so with uh, 17, 18, I would say, yeah. Mm. Somebody mm. influenced that choice? Um, I think it was a lot of things were uh, indirectly um, so um, or implicit. Um, I started very early with um, judo. And I was um, doing a lot of sports in my childhood. And um, there I had the first connection to the sport university in Cologne because there was the um, main training area um, for, for our sports. And then you don't have a, you know, then you have the first contact of seeing people studying sports. And uh, from outside, it looks very nice <laughs> to do sports and to do everything uh, you like to do um, compared to other uh, fields of study, you know, from school. So, um, yeah, this is one of the first, I would say, the first roads or crossroads I took when I've seen, okay, you can study sports because it's not really um, in the open field. It's not like a lot of people say, hey, you can study sports. Mainly in Germany, you would say, okay, you study sports, so you become a sports uh, teacher or something else. So in, when you say you study sports science, you mainly have to explain uh, what's behind that um, and that it's more than becoming a sports teacher or a trainer, you know? so. Yeah. Yeah, I would say when you when I was I think 20, 20 around or you want to study but um maybe I just start with sports science because I was very intrinsically uh, motivated for it and um when I was studying at this time you could choose the um the uh, main field or the your expertise a little bit later now it's more um you have to choose already before because of the bachelor and master I did uh, a diploma studying so it was a, a little bit different you can just study for let's say three years was it and then you can choose your expertise um, so this was a little bit um, better I would say for me because I I was um, I wasn't sure what to do with it afterwards so in between studying a lot of people are saying yeah you can you could study another um, uh, another field like uh, mathematics or English and become a teacher so you will have a proper job <laughs> and um, <laughs> I didn't know it people... was perceived like that for in Germany yeah it is it is or maybe in my bubble but huh. that's what I'm getting uh, out of the conversations you have you know the Friday evenings what do you do yeah I'm a sports scientist <laughs> Mm. They're like, oh, wow, what do you do with it? And um, it's still like this, I would say, because in, in Germany, um, you're just having two two images of it, like becoming a coach, but you can become a coach. Otherwise, you don't have to study for it or you become a sports teacher. So I would say these are the main um, personas you see behind this uh, studying. Yeah, I see. And then so what about all these people that work in high-level sports like I don't know in Olympics and and mm. um, uh, you know in uh, labs and research and all mm. that like it's not so common then it's there's not so many of them that's what you you mean like it's very yeah. very rare mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, when you go into the sports University of Cologne of course there are some sports scientists and they are in the institutions 
But um, when you see or when you look into the big um, research papers, it's, it's mainly there aren't many sports scientists present. I would say they are more like um, specialists, like neuroscientists and um, biologists and um, um, yeah, and um, doctors and and um, guys with a med medical background. So um, I would say that there's a missing image of a sports scientist. They are they are not too rare, I would say. But like you said, in Olympics or at the high peak uh, of um, sports performance, there are there are a lot of people who just came out of the sports and they did some. Um, Train, training, um, how do you call it? They followed uh, some kind of education afterwards, you yeah, mean, some training? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, not not studying sports science, but there are a lot of educational approaches to be, becoming a coach. So um, what you see, for example, in soccer and, uh, and in big uh, sports, you see that uh, mainly an uh, ex-player is becoming a, a coach, for example. And then, um, of course, there are some sports scientists But still, um, I would say this is the main approach of becoming a, I see. a coach. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But what made you so different then in that case? Like, I'm interested in also on, on your personality and character. Like, while other people would have been a little bit skeptical about this kind of studies, you mm -hmm. instead thought it was something good and that you want to pursue it. What was, it what was that? Was that curiosity or, or was it something else? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I thought um, because there isn't a, an image of being a sports scientist and in the institutions we have at the university, you have, um, I would say, um, not very, uh, not a lot of possibilities to, um, to find a role model, I would say. So you have some people who are very interesting uh, doing their own stuff in the research field and having a company uh, at the site. And there are some who, who are very, um, who can be very uh, uh, um, inspiring, but you have to find these people, I would say. Or maybe it was just a, a good connection I had with uh, two or three um, professors at the university and they showed me that there's a field for sports scientists. And um, after I, I um, studied it, it, this picture became even clearer that you have a lot of expertise, uh, a lot of specialists in a lot of fields, but um, the integrative approach is sometimes not very um, uh, used. And I would say that the sports scientist can be the guy who put all the strings together, you know? Yeah, and connect all I, the dots. Yeah, yeah. so not knowing the the details of one field, but knowing that maybe going into just one field and digging a deep hole is maybe a too reductionist uh, approach. You know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a kind of a mediator between um, specialists, I would say. So this is a motivation, and this is still my motivation to say, yeah, I'm a sport scientist and I studied it. And uh, yeah, maybe that's uh, a and small difference. Did you have support from your parents when it comes to making that choice for a sports scientist? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. My parents were always like, do what you want. Uh, 
uh, it, it just suits you. And of course, when you came out of a, a sports and you, you, you lift your sport, um, it just made sense. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. did you have a role model in your uh, childhood? Like you were looking up to or childhood or teenage time or you, when you were pursuing this, this, uh, education, somebody that you looked up to? Mm. Um, yeah, I would say so, but not in the, um, periphery. So not in the direct field. Um, it's, it's funny when you have, um, the time of the internet, you can have a role model, uh, on the other side of the world, I would say. For sure. And, um, yeah. So there were a few books who inspired me to keep going, I would say, but uh, these role models don't know about me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a, a mentor I, I was talking to every week or something. Yeah. So, mm. okay, so would you, would you mind, uh, uh, telling us about the name of the books, for example? Oh yeah, sure. Hmm. Um, I would say, well, firstly, it's, it's hard to find just one book or, um, making a top three list. Uh, this would be hard. I but guess you I have been reading that, a lot. Yeah, not too much, but you know, the, as when time is uh, left or I have some spare time, I try to go and dig deep into a book. But, um, I would say that, um, the main work would be from uh, if you know him he's a biologist and he's writing very nice books like uh, why zebras don't get ulcers and um, other books and he has a very nice um, lecture series on youtube you can just watch them i think it's 21 lectures or something and it's really really interesting um, very nice topics and uh, yeah this was very motivating for me it, is, it sounds definitely very so interesting I never it. came across that, that author or that scientist but I would be very curious okay. to know yeah. uh, who that is and uh, yeah I'll share the, yeah. the links on awesome. uh, the, link, the podcast show yeah. for sure yeah definitely you just have to google the lectures on YouTube and that's uh, a very nice summary of his books and um I like his approach and he's a very, very knowledgeable um, person and very humble. And this is a very nice uh, mix, I would say. So I was just going to ask you what are the top skills that you picked <laughs> up from him? And then you yeah. just said this, these two things. So I believe you're yeah. knowledgeable and humble in the same time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a very, I, I would say it's a very nice mix. And um I'm always looking up to people who are very good in communicating science. So he's, he's just crazy good in communication. And um, it's a very good approach of um, doing some change management because a lot of people are saying, no, this is right and this is wrong. And I, I would say that it's a very tough way to change people. And mm -hmm. he and some other um, scientists are very good in communication and um, talking to people uh, about very, very um, hard topics. They are very complex, very um, complicated as well. And he's just breaking it down so easily. So this is, I would always say, a good, um, yeah, a good mix of becoming a role model of mine. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Okay, so I have two questions coming uh, in my mind right now. I don't know which one I should start with. Like, I want to ask you about what you have um, 
built for the athlete.com you know because i saw mm-hmm. it on uh, on your linkedin mm-hmm. but also i want to ask you about like if i'm a typical uh, one of your uh, clients and i come across mm-hmm. you for the first time and i book an appointment with you how would you start like what is the first step so the reason behind this questions uh, this question is um you know i, I work uh, with athletes as at least as well Mm-hmm. And there might be some of them that'll be interested in working with you. And mm-hmm. because sometimes, as you said, sports scientist is a little bit broad, but in the same time, a little bit abstract for some people to grasp, it will mm-hmm. be good to have to, to tell them specifically what will you do. So, for example, mine, when my clients come in the, for, to me the first time, we start first with an assessment of performance uh, on the psychological level, looking at the blind spots and all that stuff. And then from there mm-hmm. we go to uh, uh, looking at creating goals and then working on strategies on achieving this goal. So like this is like, let's say, quickly the three main steps that I go through. Mm-hmm. So for you, before maybe talking about for the athlete.com, what, what is it that you do with them? Like I'm coming to you, knocking in your door, mm-hmm. coming to your office or whatever you practice, and then mm-hmm. what would you start with? Oh yeah, yeah, sounds good. I would say it's it's pretty similar, but um, I'm not very um, good, or let's say my my main field isn't in the psychology. But still, uh, I would say when we work with humans, psychology is always a big part of it. So um, I would say that um, I try to um, emphasize just the main points, which could be a little bit different, but. Um, I would say the main point or the main motiv- um, goal I'm going for is to listen first. So I'm just listening, doing not a lot of assessments, especially not a lot of um, physiological assessments, because um, it, it has shown that a lot of these assessments aren't really uh, helpful in the end. Um, but I'm, I'm taking my time to listen to them what's the problem, where they want to go, and um, listen even more because uh, a lot of people, or I, I was like this, and I'm still sometimes like this too. It's easy to put your own goals onto some um, athlete because we, are, we as a human being have, of course, some biases as well. So I try to be as objective as possible. And then, yeah, we work on um, um, goal settings, but... Mainly, I would say that we are staying in the micro cycle, like in in a very short um, term first, so that he will have some quick wins, um, checking out his schedule, especially because I have mainly athletes who are traveling a lot and being um, just possible, you said, office or gym. I don't have a gym, so I'm just working remotely with them or um, when I have a wakeboard or something and we we are just at the spot where he trains usually. Um, so, yeah, I would say that it's it's um, approach of finding a goal um, which suits um, their lifestyles because mainly you say, okay, you have to train two times or three times a week. But I'm a, I'm a big fan of... Um, implementing i call them movement snacks um Mm -hmm. like short like quick approaches of having a chance to move did you come up with this word um no i think i i 
I'm I'm looking for. I think it was Ben Cormack. He's an um, an interesting guy from the UK. Um, I think he called it uh, movement snack. Yeah, and I'm using it even in my template now. So I have a gym session, a snack session, and a travel session, for example, for the people. Excellent. And it yeah, it depends on where they are. So they are in the off season. Of course, they have more gym sessions. But I'm a big fan of. Um, yeah, the, the, the specific approach. So I really like to let them train where they have fun and being very close to their sports. So it makes sense for me to have the emphasis on um, programming them some warm-up in, uh, just for their main sessions, for their sports-specific sessions. And it's not as much um, strength and conditioning in the classic uh, approach i would say so not too much gym time yeah. excellent and so mm. do you apply all that through uh, 4dathletes.com or perhaps actually yeah. it's better if you explain to the audience what is 4dathlete.com exactly yeah sure mm. <laughs> sure yeah this is um so this is my little company we work with um so it's mainly the home page uh, which um connects all the dots of the um yeah of the uh, things we do uh, with a lot of colleagues together so mainly you can find there the possibility to train with me or i train with you or we train together i would even say um remotely mainly but there's another um uh, part of it which focuses on the education and what we do there is uh, we try to implement some blended um, online and offline educational um, videos and uh, summaries of books and research papers for uh, trainers, for physiotherapists uh, who don't have too much time to go on a weekend um, seminar or something. So they have almost like the training, uh, remote possibility to uh, learn new stuff or to even uh, revise old stuff. Yeah. Excellent. And then, mm. so when did you found uh, founded this company? Um, I think we're. I'm now in the fifth year now. Fifth yeah. Year. So five years ago. Mm. How 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 has it been so far? Oh wow, <laughs> up and <laughs> yeah, down. But but very. Um, it's it's just a lot of fun. I would say it's it started with uh, the training mainly. So we, for me, it was. I would say the one-on-one -on -one training and I had some teams in the beginning. So I was just, um, define, I would, I would just define myself back in the day as an athletic trainer or a strength and conditioning coach. Uh, some uh, teams came up to me, even some, um, all sports like volleyball and, uh, some soccer teams. And I, I programmed, uh, an off season, um, strength and conditioning program for them. And it was, as always in the beginning, it was very fuzzy, but still you wanted to try everything. And um, there it was getting clearer that um, I'm niching down because of some people who approached me because I'm more into sports, which are, um, let's say, a little bit more about how it looks and what you can do um, versus being quick and um, being fast and being leaner. And 
so so it came as a second nature to me that it's more about action sports and this is where it become the for the athlete becomes um or became i think in the last three or four years or let's say three years it became the uh, niche of yeah uh, focusing the action sport athletes or the ambitioned traveling athletes i would so say how satisfied are you from the achievements you made so far i believe that when we start a company we wear different hats right like we don't we are yeah. not only the specialized coach let's say or sports scientist or a therapist but mm. we do have to wear hats of i don't know business owner uh, strategist marketing guy pr person mm. <laughs> you know it right oh yeah so mm. when you when you when you know maybe you did already this evaluation by the end of 2018 looking back at what you achieved and everything and looking at your objectives for the future etc but um If if you were gonna put a number on it, like one to ten, ten being very satisfied from your achievements so far, and one being not satisfied at all, where would you place yourself in here? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, I, I I did it in the end of 2018, um, and it's always helpful to uh, revise everything. But I would say I'm not always. It's it's not very easy for me to be satisfied, in especially when it comes to business. So, I would go for a, a nice six point five, maybe or a seven, okay. mm -hmm. because these topics you you just mentioned. I don't know how you manage them, but for me it was a very a big eye opener to know that okay, I'm not just a trainer. So I have to make sure that people know where they find me and all these little stuff, um, all these little. Um, very important topics um, which you can just uh, yeah, summarize into the uh, entrepreneurship or how do you call it today it But, is yeah. Um, yeah so it was very tough and I would even say that um, I'm just I, I realized it but to apply it it takes a lot of time for me um, to find the perfect approach and this is one of the main problems you always want to find the perfect approach and It takes too much time to... And it's always evolving the, anyway. From my experience, yeah, it's always exactly. evolving. Like you find an approach, but mm -hmm. there's different clients and different environments and you always have to improve it and change it somehow. What do you That's think? That's true. I, yeah. I don't know um, how you manage it, but for me, a very big insight is um, just going for it and not finding the perfect approach and then to start. But as you said, it's it's evolving anyways. And... For me, it was the biggest and hardest lesson to go for the, uh, I don't know if it's the right one, but the Pareto principle, the principle, mm -hmm. uh, 80-20, and um, not go finding the 100 because there is no 100%. And um, yeah, it's it's like sitting in the cellar and writing something down, but no one knows about it because you're waiting for the 100%. And um, yeah, it's still sometimes like this, um, especially when it comes to the educational part, I'm Uh, this is what I'm looking for right now for people who are um, interested to to um, become a, a part of it to to um, mediate this process to to be so you have I think it's easier to have a small team where one is the designer and um, knowing all the detail and the other one is the guy who says or the the woman who says all right we have to do it let's go there's another project coming up and 
um, it's really tough, as you said, to have to wear all the hats uh, on your own. So, do you have uh, an insight which can help there, or how do you? I would share the same it? opinion as you when it comes. To, first, first of all, in the beginning, I wear all the hats. But I would say, I must say that I had a little bit of a shortcut when it comes to that because I come from a business background. I, I used to work oh. as a, uh, in marketing and advertising before. So I knew how to lead clients uh, okay. to me. So I just had to apply that to the, when I did my career change. But mm -hmm. at some point you can't and I, don't, I didn't want to be wearing all the hats. So I, I looked at how I can optimize my time and focus on what I like to do and what I know to do even more. And uh, then I started looking, working with the interns and working with um, remote assistants uh, mm -hmm. in, a, in a, 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 abroad in different countries and uh, build collaborations with people that would work with for some time and then they will sign off for, for uh, just small missions. Mm. Um, and right now I do have two people that uh, are, uh, say, more or less permanent, uh, okay, are working cool. in a regular basis. And, and that's it for now. But like for growth purposes, if you want more and more and more, I definitely need to, to build that team. Um, yeah. But like it's like the chicken and the egg. First, bring mm -hmm. in the money in to be able to pay <laughs> these people, or first bring these people to bring the money in so you yeah, can pay them. Yeah, that's, like that's that. true. So it's always a little bit tricky. And so yeah, it is. My um, my input around that is just to keep on to keep on doing what we have to do and with relentless focus and um, uh, creating creating a service and a product that is really with good value. It's easily uh, shareable, easily talked about, and that's actually the main, uh, um, the one that brings in the clients and help helps helps with the growth. So, one of the mistakes I did in the beginning was that I focused so much only on the online exposure, so, uh, because as I said, like I was in marketing before, and I forgot to to work on my network mm -hmm. and my relationships and do the PR thing. So I was just behind the screen. Building click funnels, building presence online, and so on. But one of the most important things was actually to go out there and talk and speak about what you do. Till one day I met the guy that does my job for uh, Kelly Slater and Stephanie Gilmore, and he was around fifty plus mm. years old. I met him by coincidence in a, in a, in a surf competition, uh, international one, and then he had the bracelet coach in it and I was like hey, hey how are you what do you do and then he told me what he does <laughs> and I was okay oh my god I want to be you in a couple of years <laughs> and then he, he he gave me that input he told me like yes I have an online presence and it's important to have it because then when mm. people check you up they will find out that you're legit somehow but it's uh, how he got his mm. clients and where he were uh, the, 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 the position where he was at it was thanks to him being out there exposing himself physically talking and joining conferences and, and uh, other places and then he outsourced everything that he had to do before which is the online or the admin or the marketing side to like I said interns or, or employees that would back him up with that side while he's out there and that's what I started doing a couple of years ago and it has been uh, effective so far uh, always work in progress though yeah it is it is 
Um, yeah, definitely. I w- when you when you are looking um, sometimes in 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 the um, business books, the the you go to Amazon or Goodreads and check out the um, state of the art business books. It's it's mainly the the main message, isn't it? Um, to delegate and to find your purpose and being um, yeah look for quality uh, output and um, yeah um, give others the chance to help um while you're focusing on the mission isn't it yeah 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 so okay so so Mm. what are the um let's say like the skills or say the mental skills since we are about mindset and performance here let's look at the mindset and the mental skills that you employed during all this time while building your business and growing it what are the, the tools or the qualities that you think you you have and that you can share with the audience that could benefit from them, learn from them as well? Hmm. Okay, that's a good question. <laughs> I hope I have them or I'm still um, searching for them. But uh, yeah, I would say that, um, of course, as as it comes down to training, I I sometimes even preach that there isn't really the holy grail in in a training approach or there isn't the perfect programming. But what we know is that you have to be consistent in everything you do. So um, some some trainers are coming up and ask me, should I do this exercise? Or what do you think about this exercise? And uh, what's about this programming? And I always say, or mainly say, that um, when you see the research Um, It says you just have to do it for at least six weeks and do it consistently and then you can change and tweak something and I would say um, It was the same approach when it comes to business um, that I just as as I said before it was hard for me to go for not the hundred percent but still to be consistent and I would even say that I'm still struggling with this part um, to be consistent when it comes to output to social media for example because um, it's a hard mix to be, I would say, now just let's call it real life, uh, doing the, the business you day from Monday to Friday and then um, being consistent in um, showing people what you're doing. So I'm really bad at it, but I'm pretty sure it's a very important part um, because, as you said, um, the homepage, of course, is very important, but it's, I would say, it's just not just, but a very important business card, but um, knowing um, that you have to give a little bit more output, a little bit more content to people so that they understand what you are standing for uh, is very important. And um, this is, I would say, the biggest lesson. And maybe um, coming back to your question, the mindset you need to have. Um, There are a lot of glitter and holy grails and um, yeah, claims on the right and on the left side of your road. But I would say it's just about keep going and thinking about the big mission. Um, what is your, um, yeah, what is your, what do you want to have as an outcome? What is your main goal and how you can help people without being too um, perfectionist? Because it's, it's really hard to help people to sit here in the office and just thinking about the hundred percent instead of um, 
thinking, all right, there are a lot of wakeboarders out there who had an um, ACL injury. How can I help them with information? So um, it's, a, it's a very hard balance to find, I think, still to, to this day. But um, this is a very important mindset you need to uh, consider. Yeah. Do you know where you acquired it from, that mindset? All these qualities Ooh. as in all? Um, yeah, um, I'm just, I think I've heard it, um, from different corners, but, um, there's a guy, oh, not a guy, but, uh, a very, um, big person. I would even say he's called Brendan Burkhardt. Do you know him? No. Is he German? Um, no, no. He's in, uh, I think from the U S mm-hmm. um, he's, uh, like the, the typical business coach, I would say, but He's a very, um, I think, nice guy. He, he wrote, um, how is it called, High Performance Habits or something like this. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I have to look for it. But it's a very nice book, and he's um, giving a lot of content for free. And it's, it, it just made sense to me to um, see and to learn from him and his, his approaches. He, he always says, concentrate on prolific quality output, um, don't get uh, stuck in, in, in too much detail. And um, it felt right for me because I, I knew that this is one of my problems to, you know, to stick to the plan, to um, pursue the 100%. But um, and stay even consistent when I talk, and yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And even when you ask coaches here, or we have some friends who are psychologists, and my wife is a psychologist, and you ask, okay, where's the problem here? And um, of course, you want to do something great, but um, it's. I think I think it's a very um, big break for a lot of people to have the you know the gray zone, not not the black and white, and uh, it's always the same. It's 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 um, the the analogy works for um, the training area as well because a lot of people think in black and white. It's very hard to um, to educate them to just train consistently and maybe just at 60 or 70 percent and being easy, having some movement snacks in between um, because it's really hard for people to maybe, uh, this is my point of view, to, um, to learn this habit when it's grayish, you know, when it's very contrast the white and black they are like all right i can do this and that's a that's a plan i can um, go for but um the the gray part is very very tough for people to grasp i i would say yeah very interesting points very interesting indeed um so what i'm picking up here from if i want to summarize like deconstruct like how you think and what put you to where you are at right now is you blended a little bit of from the beginning so it's a blend of curiosity and keep on going pursuing that those studies that you wanted to study the the sports mm-hmm. science you were curious about it even though you heard people maybe being a little bit skeptical about about um, uh, the, the the type of uh, education you'd be going for you ignored that uh, that talk and those conversations you didn't let it influence you and after pursuing uh, this education, you started practicing, and practicing started. Uh, you created a company uh, uh, 
that where you had to wear different hats and you 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 stayed consistent but also knowledgeable informed by reading books uh, looking for information here and there you mentioned watching videos from some guy that i'd like to ask you to send me the link afterwards yeah, sure. and you you equipped yourself with um consistency and and then focus and determination being also curious i guess so this sounds to me, correct me if I'm wrong or if I missed something, but this sounds to me a little bit like a formula that could be beneficial to anyone who wants to pursue whether business or sports or, or, or anything. Is that correct? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, that's a good uh, summary, I would say. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it's nice to hear it from someone else. <laughs> nah, that's, a, that's good. That's good. Like the thing is, uh, what I try to, to do with my clients sometimes is that when they when they tell me, okay, I'm, a, I'm an athlete or I'm a coach or I'm a scientist or, or this and that, you know, they uh, identify themselves with, with that label, with that title. And that title doesn't contain necessarily everything that is behind the scene with words, which is everything that I just spelled to you now, the consistency, the focus, pursuing with the right mindset and everything. So one way that I help them sometimes gain either confidence or or um, uh, yeah gaining confidence actually is the word is by asking them to identify the skills that they have been employing all this time while doing what they do and how mm -hmm. they can employ them in the future also to either do their career change because sometimes you know athletes at some age they want to change the the the, the uh, they can't play that sport anymore and then they gonna move on to something different and they will be like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? I have been a footballer all my life. Yeah, but hold on a second. You've been a footballer and what is the skills that you employed there? You have been consistent, regular and focused, etc., etc. So, hello, you can use all that for the next chapter. Oh, so yeah, I help nice. them, I help them uh, re reframe who they are mm -hmm. through that, that uh, identity work that uh, I have been spelling here with you, which is very interesting. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, it sounds good. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay, a couple of questions more here. Um, mm -hmm. When you think of pressure, where does pressure come from? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know, um, I always hit with this. <laughs> <laughs> um, pressure, all right. Um, yeah, I would say it's um, again, um, uh, yeah, not again, but it's uh, you always have to approach something big. Uh, you know, on different levels and I would say pressure you know what I feel is um, these are one of the um, parts of one owns personality as you said like there's a part in us who uh, pressurize ourselves um, when it makes sense but mm -hmm. um, when so it comes from within or from outside yeah yeah I would say mostly within but um, because I've, yeah, I, w I would say when you look at pressure from a, um, we call it in neuroscience or pain science, they call it the biopsychosocial approach, like looking at the uh, psychological approach, uh, the, the, the um, view of it and the social, of course, pressure is, um, kind of socialized, isn't it? Like, um, when I see my athletes, um, they got injured and they have, uh, a specific money flow from sponsors and 
um, they have a family, like you said, maybe they are at the turning point of um, quitting their sports to become a businessman or do something else. And um, of course, the, um, um, yeah, I don't know the English word for it, but uh, the, expectations, expectations. Yeah, the expectations from, from outside uh, will form or uh, define the pressure from inside, or at least it's not an uh, um, isolated entity. So you always have a biopsychosocial mix, a salad. And um, I would say that, of course, the childhood and your, um, how do you call it in, in the psychology, your boosters, your instigators or something um, who are almost educated um, from your parents, maybe um, implicit or maybe explicit. So... Um, I, I would say you can have some buckets of um, pressurizers of um, your social environment of being, uh, you have to be perfect, you have to be on time, um, and things like this maybe uh, are the main, I would say, uh, facilitators of having pressure in your sport and mm, yeah. in your business. Mm. And then how do you keep it together when things get a little bit heated for you? If okay. they ever get heated, what is the strategies that you employ to, to say, let's say, feel better or even avoid those heated situations? Yeah, um, I would say the uh, first aid kit would be going for a run <laughs> or <laughs> having just um, doing some sports, but but um, being a little bit more uh, sustainable. I would say um, what I do with my athletes, for example, when it comes to pain, because um, pain science is um, educating at the moment a lot into the um, field of biopsychosocial approaches. And you can't just explain pain with um, um, the physiological part of it only. So it's very hard to isolate it. And um, there are a lot of very interesting approaches to, um, I would even translate these approaches to pressure and to my um, approach of um, managing it, um, it's kind of a, I would say, a reflection um, exercise to have a look on your, we, we call it the, um, the stress bucket. I don't know if you know this analogy, yeah, but yeah, you have a bucket totally. where mm -hmm. all the biological stuff, psychological stuff and your social stuff are coming in. And it doesn't really matter if it's at the moment a lot of biology um, stuff which is going on, like your knee hurts. Um, yeah, so there's a reflection exercise um, which is used in, in the pain science as well, um, the pain area, uh, which um, is pretty easy, pretty for, uh, straightforward. You just do a list of things which are good right now and which are bad right now. And just to reflect on these things like, okay, um, is everything good at home? Does it work? Where does the pressure come from? Where does the stress come from? Um, is it uh, maybe the weekend and maybe a seminar which doesn't work right now? And so just being uh, sensible about these things uh, helped me to um, re-evaluate or the, like you said, to reframe my situation to see, all right, there are a lot of good things. Uh, what's the problem right now? And these things are all coming together in a bucket. And I don't have to understand this 
black box of being of 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 this complex system but still it's it's always or for me it's easier to see the um the problems it depends i think on your personality but it's um harder to think about the time when it when everything uh, went well it's isn't it like when you have problems it's a hard time but when everything is nice you have to reflect on it um a little bit more so yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That sounds a lot like um, a little bit of the gratitude work that I do with my clients when they are going through tough periods. I'll also ask them to look at the positive things that are happening, but also reflect on the negative things, but Mm -hmm. see the positive outcome from them. Now, in pain, Ah, I guess it's a little bit different in pain, physical pain. Uh, There's no Mm -hmm. necessarily positive outcome from having a physical pain, but let's say for someone who... Um, f- lost a game or or something like that. Uh, he he, feel, he would feel obviously mm-hmm. some emotional pain, and then I would say, okay, this is a fact. So what is the positive mm-hmm. outcome that can come from that? Which means it's just a fancy word to say what mm-hmm. is the feedback. Which means what is it that you can improve, and how would you okay. improve it? So it's a lot of questions, asking questions around that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, sounds like it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I would even say that in, in pain, you can uh, still, of course, uh, when it's uh, pathological um, pain, it's, it's, it's hard. But still, um, to reframe pain is one of the, for example, the main um, missions of all the pain science educators right now. They say, well, pain is not um, an indicator of not an, an, an perfect indicator of tissue damage, but what pain is, is a protective um, um, mechanism. So you can, you can reframe a little bit, of course, the pain for, as you said, as a feedback. And then you have to uh, think about the feedback and why your body is producing pain right now. So um, it's, it's almost the same, I would say. Yeah. It's interesting. You can yeah, very interesting. Uh, transfer it to a lot of yeah. um, funny areas. Mm? Okay. Um, the last tricky question, okay, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what are you after when you when you work with people like that? So it's all about helping them improve or get rid of pain or getting better at something right like but do you have a philosophy do you have a why do you have a let's say a purpose do, have you been thinking about something like that and don't worry if if it doesn't come right now but like you can just try to articulate something um, mm-hmm. that also yeah go ahead mm-hmm. okay i would say you mean like my main mission when when it comes to training yeah mission or philosophy for life like, because oh, yeah. it could be okay. it could be overlapping you know okay mm-hmm. um i would say like you said uh, get rid of pain i would just say that my main goal my sustainable my long-term goal is to get rid of me so as a trainer um i would always think about um when i approach an athlete or an athlete approach me i always um focus on autonomy so it, it's really, for me, again, um, there are a lot of principles out there, but there's one principle which works almost every time is the, the sad principle or the specific adaptation on impulse demand. So we are just getting better at what we are doing exactly 
in this um, area what we are training for. And I'm a very big fan of thinking about, all right, my athlete will not have me in three years when he's on the water or in the snow. So he, he shouldn't be uh, attached to a coach or a trainer to work, to, to, um, to function. So um, it's, it's even maybe a life philosophy. So um, it's a different approach of thinking about, okay, I get an athlete and I will work with him a long time or the, from the first session I'm trying to get rid of the um, possibility of becoming attached to a coach or a trainer. So sometimes, of course, they, they need, um, especially after an injury, it's hard to um, to me, of course, but do this. I'm a big fan of autonomy and um, even say that's a part of a philosophy of mine, yeah. Excellent. I like this uh, happy ending somehow. <laughs> Very good one. <laughs> Very good one. Cool. How long do you usually work with uh, your athletes? Um, I would say it it's more of an uh, off and on um thing that uh, is it like program based like three months six months kind yeah. of thing or more more like okay. yeah you just call me whenever you feel something yeah um i would go for the latter uh, but um as i said i program very um um in the micro cycle so just a few weeks because i know that lifestyle is always coming in between mm. but um i have an athlete who is um, working with me for now I think three, three or three and a half years uh, after an ACL injury, and um, the autonomy part is um, going. That we started with two or three sessions a week, and now it's maybe one session in a month, and the rest is remote programming. And he knows what to do. He knows uh, a warm up. He knows um, when uh, his. He knows what to do when his knee. Um, is in pain again and and so i would say this would be the average uh, it depends of course on the injury and the problems they have but um i try to um change the relationship very quickly to remote control or not control is a bad word <laughs> but remote training and um, saying okay when something is coming up um, i have some nutritionists in my team or in my uh, community, I would even say. Uh, so there are a lot of people who can help you, but when you feel fine, that's okay, and keep going. And um, yeah, that I would makes say, sense, yeah, mm. yeah, it's it, it depends mainly. But I try to, um, yeah, try to detach as as quick as possible. Okay, mm. that's good. Right, we come into an end to uh, this uh, very interesting conversation here, Patrick. And um, mm. I'm, I'm just going to ask you if you have um, uh, links that you would like to share with the, 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 the audience. Where, where where can they find you and how they can contact you? You can just spell it and then after oh, I will yeah, sure. put it uh, on the show notes. Yeah, sure. Um, as you said, um, the webpage is fortheathlete.com with uh, dashes in between. So for dash the uh, dash athlete.com um, you can look for the main name is uh, out of the box um, when you search it in facebook you will see or you will find something 
I'm very bad in Instagram. Um, uh, we come back to the topic of uh, consistency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> one of my, my issues right now. But um, yeah, I would say uh, the homepage is the best um, approach to get in contact with me. Yeah. Very well, very well. Well, thank you very much for uh, for making time uh, for our call and uh, scheduling it uh, a little bit ahead like that and being patient right. for me to come back from my vacation. <laughs> uh, it was really nice talking to you. Oh, thanks, Chris. It was very nice talking to you as well. Thanks. Thanks.